MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. Today, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman's explosive testimony and attacks from the right, the debate on the House impeachment resolution vote, new polling on the inquiry, the Kupperman case is fast-tracked, Sunland changes his tune, a filing in the Mueller grand jury case, and Nunes is leaking the whistleblower identity to Trump. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you? Well, thank you. How are you? Excellent. I am good. Uh, I slept forever yesterday. Yeah. So Yeah. We've been traveling a lot. All that time change kind of just catches up to you. Yeah. Yes. And we have Boston coming up here in, in a week and a half, too. So, uh, But then I think we can chill for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I have to travel to Cleveland on December 8th. So there will not be a Daily Beans on Monday, December 9th. Uh, just to give you a heads up now. Um I just, I don't think, maybe I I can do it from the hotel room. I don't know, maybe, but just expect not. And then you'll be pleasantly surprised if there's a, you know, another airline restroom beans recording or something. Um, But there won't be a Mueller She Wrote that Sunday. So if you listen to our sister podcast, Mueller She Wrote, uh, there will not be a a podcast that Monday unless, you know, you guys record it without Mm me, Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is feasible. But just be prepared um, for that eventuality. Uh, let's see. What what else? Um, right after we finished recording yesterday, we got the opening statement from Vindman, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, and we'll go over that later in the show. That's crazy, crazy town. Um, and I, I'm like mad at myself for not having researched who he was. He's mentioned a bunch mm-hmm. in in the call and in the tra- you know in in the text messages and all that other stuff. But I, I looked into Hill and I looked into Bill Taylor and I, I but I didn't look into Vindman. Uh, I didn't realize um, what a relevant witness mm-hmm. he is considering you know first um person who still works in the white house to testify and first person who was actually on the call mm-hmm. so we'll go over his his stuff uh of course we don't have a lot from his testimony He's still testifying on the hill so as you know probably tomorrow's beans we'll have a little more information on what he said and uh we've got a lot of stuff to get to today how how, how was your night uh it was good yes i slept as well I came home and pretty much just went to sleep. Nice. Earliest I've went to bed probably in years, honestly. <laughs> I went to bed at like 8.30. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I got, we finished recording and then uh, my awesome husband went out and got um, some New York strips and baked potatoes and made me my favorite meal of all time. So that was nice. So I ate that too much. I ate too much and then I fell asleep. Nice. <laughs> that was pretty Your much it. simple lady, steak and potatoes literally meat yeah. and potatoes kind of person yeah um although you know i do enjoy some sushi mm. and a nice or a nice grain bowl so progressive i know <laughs> my food is progressive and diet as well hmm? <laughs> except for that meat and potatoes part yeah that's true meat uh, is out i'm more AG. more moderate yeah <laughs> when it comes to i'm middle america when it comes to my food <laughs> um definitely a biden sort of yeah a stomach of the people <laughs> <laughs> constitution of the constitution mm-hmm. um all right well we have a lot of news to get to today so let's kick it off and hit the hot notes hot notes
All right, so let's talk about Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. This is good. this is blowing my mind. I want to talk about his testimony, and I want to talk about the right wing Fox News backlash. Uh, to his opening statement when it was released, because that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet, I, I, I was surprised, but I shouldn't have been surprised. Um, so, like I said, he's the first person to testify that works in the White House currently and was on the call. He has firsthand knowledge of the call. It's note that takes away Trump's hearsay argument, right? Um, he reported concerns twice. Probably to Eisenberg. Eisenberg, I believe, is the counsel, general counsel for the National Security uh, Council. He's the lawyer. Okay, so we had two concerns. First is that Trump's point man on Ukraine, Sundland, Ambassador Sundland, demanded they open investigations, Ukraine open investigations into Biden and the 2016 election in that explosive July 10th Bolton meeting that everybody seems to be testifying about. Uh, and then when he heard the president um, made the same demand on the call, he also expressed concern. So twice he went to his the superiors to mm-hmm. say, mm, problems, I have problems. Um, so during that July 10th meeting, Lieutenant Colonel Voldman says Ambassador Sondland started to speak about Ukraine delivering specific investigations in order to secure the meeting with the president, at which time Ambassador Bolton cut the meeting short. He got mad, real mad. Uh, he confronted Sondland. Uh, this is Lieutenant Colonel Vindman confronted Sondland saying, Ambassador Sondland uh, emphasized the importance that Ukraine deliver the investigations of the 2016 elections, the Bidens and Burisma. I stated to Ambassador Sundland that his statements were inappropriate. So mm-hmm. he confronted him right then and said, that's not, mm-hmm. that's a sketch. Mm-hmm. Yet Sundland in his testimony said something totally different. I know he did. He said no one raised any concerns with me. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later because he was on Capitol Hill yesterday on Monday to review his bullshit testimony. So that's fa- that's fascinating. So anyway, um, let's see here. Lieutenant Colonel Vinman and Fiona Hill reported their concerns to the NSC lead counsel, which, like I said, I believe is Eisenberg. But that directly contradicts, as you said, what Sundland said two weeks ago, where he said, quote, and I'm quoting him here, if Bolton, Hill or others harbored any misgivings about the propriety of what we were doing, they never shared those misgivings with me then or later. That is a complete and total lie. Mm -hmm. There's no way out of that lie. Mm hmm. Because he says if Bolton Hill or others, he might he might have been able to protect himself if he just said uh, no one told me anything but didn't name any names. But mm-hmm. he lists pretty much no one in the world told him then or later that yeah. they had any misgivings about what they were doing. Yeah. And on CNN today, I think they had today would have been Tuesday. They had a side by side of a couple of the points that Vinman made. Right. And then versus Sunland. Oh, yeah. And they just directly contradict each other. Like in one of the the, the quote that you just said, no one ever, you know, told me anything. And then. Uh, Vinman's testimony says that after the call, Bolton cuts it short, like he just said, and then Hill comes in and starts reprimanding them for how inappropriate all of that was. Yeah, and that's how Hill testified to it as well. Yeah. She said, I came in, I was like, what? Mm Because she was held back a minute Mm -hmm. um, on the way into the meeting. And then, of course, Bolton told Hill to tell the lawyer and also... Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, mm-hmm. who said to Sundlin and Bolton, this is messed up. Mm-hmm. And that's this is just a July 10th meeting, right? This isn't even the phone call. So he was both at the July 10th meeting and on the July 25th call. And uh, anyway, that is a total lie by Sundlin. You can't like a no way out of it lie, dead to rights. And Lieutenant Colonel Vindman's testimony that he raised concerns about the meeting 
um, which Hill and Bill Taylor both testified to. Like, there's just so many people corroborating. And Sunderland is, you know, the, the standalone, like, uh, no one told me. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's testifying. We told you. Yeah. He's and a weak standalone, too. If you're going to stand alone, be made of cement or something. <laughs> but he's just like a wet, wafery lady finger. Wispy no lady offense finger. to ladies. <laughs> yeah, or fingers. Just, just crumbling. No lady shaming, no finger shaming. Yeah. No lady finger shaming. Yeah. Lady fingers are delicious. They are. Finger your ladies. Oh, and that. Okay. <laughs> There's also that. I was talking about the Italian dessert, but good on you. Yes. It's uh, all positive here. Yes. Just don't lie. Whatever you do, just be truthful <laughs> and lie. consensual and everything will be fine. Dessert or finger blasting. Just yep. don't lie. There you go. That's a going to go on shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says uh, that uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman says he's reporting this um, to the Congress out of a sense of duty. He brings that up a lot. A sense of duty. Uh, that's the kind of patriot he is. He's an American. I mean, he's an immigrant. Um, and we'll get more into that mm-hmm. later because that comes into where his criticism from the right is coming from. Yep. Uh, so he's born in the Soviet occupied Ukraine. His family fled when he was three years old um, and went to Italy for a minute. His mom died with his and, his and him and his twin brother came here and when he was three. So like basically the American dream. Uh, now he's a decorated war veteran, but that has not stopped the GOP before i mean if we think about like i said i was oh my god i can't believe they're saying this about an active duty army lieutenant Mm -hmm. colonel with a purple heart Mm -hmm. who's walking around with shrapnel Mm -hmm. from an iud in iraq and but i shouldn't have been surprised i mean if you think about mccain you think about when they tried to um discredit Mueller Mm -hmm. and and smear his character you know he's also a purple heart but vietnam yes let it not be lost. It's an effort all led by Captain Bone Spurs. <laughs> yes, and uh, Sean Duffy and Matt Gates and Jim Jordan. None of them have served. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you have to serve right. to have an opinion on this. Right. But if you're going to try to tear down a, a war hero, probably best that you didn't get five medical deferments for a fake foot problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are appalling attacks. They're calling him on Laura Ingram last night as soon as the... The testimony or his opening statement was released. Laura Ingram uh, said, and one of her guests, you, I think his name was, uh, he, he worked on the torture papers. Uh, he was a lawyer in the torture papers and now UC Berkeley um, law professor, I believe. He, he said espionage. He said this is probably a double agent. Oh my God. Um, and, and that just blows my mind. Like, what a long con to move here when you're three, uh, grow up, uh, become... Uh, join the army 20 years ago also that you can get nominated or get you know work on trump's national security council so that you can out him mm-hmm. later like that is just the craziest thing i've ever heard yeah i can't string together full sentences at three years old but i can craft a narrative in my brain that i will seek revenge on the-, <laughs> the corrupt ukrainian government <laughs> sent me here as a three-year-old yes. toddler to undermine the future of the united states yes uh, and, you know, maybe they're saying that, like, after he joined the military was already and then he was recruited later. But but still. And they were they were like it, trying to insult him by saying he, he speaks fluent Ukrainian and he was advising Ukrainians about how to deal with Giuliani. That's his job. Mm-hmm. That's his job. Uh, my my dad, um, you know, born in Cleveland, um, spoke fluent Russian. He mm-hmm. took Russian in college. I don't know why. But he spoke fluent Russian. And so he was used by the Air Force yeah. in, in, in intelligence to 
you know, in during Vietnam to translate Russian messages. Mm-hmm. But what uh, happened when he was three, AG? Well, see, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even come up with one because it's ridiculous. It's so insane. I heard a guy on Fox News that was saying, he was like, look, I was, you know, I'm an Irish descendant of, of Irish immigrants. And I understand that maybe he just has loyalty to the countries that he came from and that's what explains all of this it's like first off you cannot compare the plight of irish people today compared to the plight of ukrainians today under soviet rule under soviet rule in the context of i I mean i know i know that there's similarities between you know striving for independence and and what that looks like but but just in terms of what it looks like on the world stage today with the with the world powers that are still actively engaging in militaristic actions against your country and people are actually dying in your army currently yeah it's not the same and all that aside so what uh we're supposed to be allies of ukraine our relationship with ukraine is very important you don't want to appoint an advisor on ukraine and a ukraine expert who hates ukraine and loves russia that would be a really bad person to put in that job because american u.s policy is and has been for a long time uh since the cold war to back Ukraine to protect that to protect them um, yeah. from, from Russian influence and in a bipartisan way. Yes, absolutely, and that's what these diplomats have been doing for their whole lives. Bill Taylor and, um, and Masha Yovanovitch, etc. The the woman at the RNC who was trying to say you can't change the language and ease up on Russia. We have to give lethal weapons to Ukraine. They wanted to take the lethal out and just put assistance in. They've been trying to f the Ukraine over. Since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, day, well, even before day one, because the RNC happened before the election. But then Sean Duffy from the real world, um, the show. Not, actually? Yes. Actually from the real world? Yes. Wow. Uh, says he has allegiance to Ukraine and not the United States. He says, quote, it seems very clear that he's very concerned about Ukrainian defense. He really wanted Ukraine to get those weapons. That's uh, that's what we do. <laughs> That's yes, you're correct. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We should all want that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't understand why that's a problem. Uh, He's since backed up his comments on Twitter. I know. I think he's a hero. And somebody was like, look, when you were in your 20s, you were doing real world shit. And when he was in his 20s, he was in Iraq taking shrapnel in the leg. Real, real world shit. (laughs) Yeah. Real, real world. Yeah. It's just the most amazing and again should be unsurprising but horrible attacks on his character um but that is that is and was and has always been american policy uh this is a dual loyalty anti-immigrant smear is what they're saying and um we know when you don't have the facts on your side you resort to personal attacks and that's Mm -hmm. that's what's going on here you attack the process you attack the people because you don't have you can't attack the facts uh, his opening statement is being attacked by Republicans saying, who releases their opening statements? Well, let's look at the Mueller report. Volume two. Trump loves when his people do that. It's in the Mueller report when Cohen released his testimony to Congress before the hearing. And he did that because Trump loved it so much when Jr. released his testimony ahead of the hearing. Those were full of lies, by the way. Right. Both of them. <laughs> um, so interesting argument. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah, of course, he only wants things to come out that are going to help him, Yep, obviously. Yep. And his opening statement says uh, about the Zelensky call, he said, I did not think it was proper to demand that a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen. And I was worried about the implications for the U.S. government's support of Ukraine. 
That's his job. That's American policy. Uh, when Bill Taylor uh, testified to those two, you know, policy things that were going on, there was the regular and the irregular channel. The irregular channel was not in support of Ukraine, and that was the problem. So yet you're supposed to be. That's <laughs> that's your job, and it probably helps if you speak Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he reported his concerns to the NSC lead counsel. He uh, said he is not the whistleblower. He clarified that. And also today seen going down in an elevator to the skiff, Norm Eisen and Barry Burke. Um, those are the le- the lawyers. Yeah, so, the ones that ask the good questions. Yes. Get to the good, good. Get to the juice. Yes. Uh, and we're going to be able to see those transcripts soon. And I'll tell you why uh, as soon as we come back. Today's episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Lola. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. Founders Jordan, Jordana Keir and Alexander Friedman started the company with a simple and seemingly obvious idea, women shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. The FDA does not require brands to disclose a list of ingredients in their feminine care products, so most of them don't bother. But Lola offers a completely transparent about-the-ingredients situation, so you know everything that's found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. Major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients. Their products can often include rayon and polyester. Sometimes they're treated with harsh chemical cleansing agents. And sometimes they you know, have fragrances and dyes. But Lola products are 100% organic cotton with nothing else added. And I love that. And their philanthropy game is strong. Because with every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the United States. I personally love Lola because they deliver right to my door in a discreet box, personalized to have the right variety for my needs so I can pick and choose, you know, different flow days and stuff so I don't have to end up doing a least common denominator math. And they're 100% organic cotton. Their BPA-free tampon applicators leave me worry-free about what I'm putting in my body. So they're women-run, they're convenient, discreet, transparent, and philanthropic. That's the perfect combination for us. And for 30% off your first month's subscription, visit mylola.com and enter dailybeans30 when you subscribe. That's mylola.com and enter Daily Beans 30 when you subscribe. All right. So yesterday, and this is what you were getting at, Jordan, we heard reports that Sundland was on Capitol Hill Monday reviewing the transcript of his testimony. Uh, I had tweeted, I thought he was revising his bullshit testimony, and we called him out for perjury on October 21st on Twitter. Joaquin Castro tweeted yesterday that he believes Sundland committed perjury. Uh, I'm certain that this Monday he was reviewing uh, to amend his Mm -hmm. testimony. There's still no public statement from Sundland or his lawyers on this, and we haven't heard anything further about it. Um, there seem to be some confirmation tweets going around out there saying that he is amending his testimony, and Wall Street Journal did uh, report over the weekend, which we already talked about on a previous show, that he is saying there was a quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he said that in his original testimony or if he's amending his current testimony to say that. But the problem with his current testimony that I can see is when he said, nobody told me about their misgivings. Mm-hmm. Hill... Um, or others, Bolton Hill or others. No mm-hmm. one told me, and they did. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently, uh, and I, I don't have confirmation on this yet. This is just sourced, uh, loosely sourced. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman has documents and memorandums of those interactions, as nice. does Hill and Bill Taylor. So are we going to have a Vindman 5? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the Comey 5. <laughs> I think they're already pushed out, but he's the only, he's left. He's in there. I think Tim Morrison still works there too. Yeah. I'd love to know what that process looks like when Congress is like, 
asking them like do they ask him to come in and amend his testimony or does he have a revelation on his own that's like oh shit okay this is coming out i should go in and clarify what i have said well maybe because mccabe if you remember uh when asked if he had uh told public relations of the fbi about a wall street journal story Mm -hmm. uh he was just being elevated to acting director of the fbi and he was like no no i don't believe i did and then he contacted them that night to say and this was inspector general this wasn't um, you know, under oath, Congress or anything, but he called them and said, hey, 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 mm-hmm. I have an amendment. Yeah. And so I think this might have been initiated by him and his lawyers. His lawyer, his lawyer probably said, hey, you're going to want a good idea to come in and want to go back and talk to him. Yeah. I think if he were recalled to testify again, we would know there would be on, it would be on the deposition calendar. But that is a possibility that he was called back to re testify yeah or maybe they like ask him for clarification or something on something and mm-hmm. the only way to do that is to go in yep uh, yeah I, I assume you have to do it face to face raise your right hand and all that other stuff mm-hmm. uh, maybe not you probably do it via satellite but it, it's just it's so clear to me that that's what he's doing and especially with his lawyer coming out over the weekend saying yeah there was a quid pro quo uh and whether or not you know we're fixing that with congress or we haven't yet or we plan to uh, it's just a good idea. And also, I don't know if you can claw it back. I don't know if he, if if that if you're still guilty of perjury or if they go, or, you know, maybe they, you know, you're guilty of perjury and they could fi- make a criminal referral. But maybe you get a lighter sentence because you amended your testimony. You came clean. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, how that works. I mean, the way his original statement was laid out was pretty to the word nobody this person this person and nobody others, else no <laughs> yeah he really then locked himself or in a later lie box yeah there yeah yeah he, he did put himself in a public box yes in a private deposition mm-hmm. but yeah I, I do expect we'll be hearing about it either an amended testimony or a criminal referral soon or both uh again i don't know if amending your testimony helps your perjury charge or your criminal referral uh, it could be a situation where Schiff brings him in and says, tell me the whole effing truth and I won't Yeah, uh, do a criminal referral. <clears throat> not that, you know, I mean, not that it would do much if you're criminally referring him to Barr. Mm-hmm. But Barr at this point could be like, I have to either recuse myself because I'm mentioned in this in this investigation. I'm He shouldn't be overseeing it. And the House Dems have asked him to recuse himself from it mm-hmm. so that then when they make criminal referrals, somebody else would be making that decision. But that could be Brian Penchkowski another Trump loyalist, or it could be uh, Rosen, Jeffrey Rosen, who's another douchebag. So like whoever it is, it's kind of fucked anyway. And it's mm-hmm. not like they don't get together at night, you know, smoke cigars and jerk each other off and say, we're not going to indict him. Right. You know? Right. Well, whatever they did with McCabe, they should also do to Sunland then, because if McCabe got lack of candor for what sounds like a similar thing, just empirically in terms of going and amending your testimony, the same rules should apply to Sunland then. Yeah. At least to investigate it. Mm hmm. But in these criminal referrals previously about the Ukraine call, they wouldn't even look into it. Barr wouldn't even look into it. Yeah. And that's nuts. He was too busy traveling the world, dude. Yeah. Gotta go he to was Italy. having a Mary-Kate and Ashley adventure. <laughs> Just come <laughs> Just me, myself, and my two consciences. Just <laughs> going around. <laughs> Undeserved wealth accumulating. Somebody, somebody tweeted every time I see a picture and every photo of Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, one of them looks like they know what day you'll die and one of them <laughs> looks like they know how you'll die. <laughs> so Google any picture of current Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen and look at one of them knows the day you die, one of them knows how you die. Yeah. 
That's interesting. That's, and it's funny. I, I looked at so many pictures. I'm like, yep, nope, yep. That's what, yep. One yeah. of them has the big eyes and the other one's like, oh. I know. It all just amounts to one word and that is gaunt. <laughs> they look yeah. so gaunt. Heroin chic one step further. Yes. Fashion suicide. Yes. Gaunt is something Bird does not have going for him. If you can say it's a thing that goes for you. Well, <laughs> Calvin Klein loves it. Yeah. Wait. Really? Oh, back in the 90s. He did a Calvin Klein thing? No, no, no. Oh, okay. The Gaunt. I was like, oh, God. No, the Gaunt. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, was, I was just racking for my brain for some, like, black and white William Barr Calvin Klein ad that I'm really glad does not exist somewhere. <laughs> now somebody please make a Bill Barr Calvin Klein ad, if you if you would, and uh, tweet it to at Daily Beans Pod yeah. and tag at Jordan's Confused. She's going to need to see it. Yeah, that's how Trump incentivized him to get the job. He's like, look, man, I will make your modeling career blow up. <laughs> Great track record with models I have. <laughs> yeah, so I'll marry you. Oh, that's what he said. Oh, did he? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm like I'm. I believe anything from that time period. Uh, I was I was missing in action. So. Uh, anyway, Sundland lied, uh, and we tweeted that October 21st. As soon as Bill Taylor testified, I was like, "Lock him up. Uh, we'll see what happens." Again, like I said, I don't know if you can take it back. That would be in- interesting. I'm sure the answer is pretty easily Googleable. Yeah. Well, and- I mean, if him not taking it back would work against the truth-finding mission, then that would be bad, obviously, right? So I imagine Congress is more than welcome to open their doors to him. Yeah, because then you can also hit him with obstruction. Yes, double win. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so maybe he, instead of getting 1,001 perjury and obstruction, he can just get the 1,001. And then maybe if he helps extra, he can get a lighter sentence. Yeah. If they even investigate it. Yeah. So vote. Uh, let's see here. What else is going on? Um, the text for the House impeachment resolution has been released. Mm. So uh, this seems there seems to be confusion over whether this is a vote, which is on Thursday, uh, about just rules, like just setting up rules, or if Pelosi is giving in to GOP demands and including an impeachment resolution, an official impeachment resolution in the document. If it were only the rules, I don't think you need a full House vote. We voted on committee rules in the judiciary back in September. Uh, and so, but the language in her letter um, to the Dem caucus isn't clear either. It's, it's not mm-hmm. real clear. Here, let me read for you. She says, this week we will bring a resolution to the floor that affirms the ongoing existing investigation that is currently being conducted by our committees as part of this impeachment inquiry, including all requests for documents, subpoenas for records and testimony, and any other investigative steps uh, previously taken or to be taken as part of this investigation. This resolution establishes the procedure for hearing that uh, hearings that are open to the American public. It authorizes the disclosure of deposition transcripts. It outlines procedures to transfer evidence to the Judiciary Committee as it considers articles of impeachment and sets forth due process rights for the president and his team. Mm. We are taking this step to eliminate any doubt as to whether the Trump administration may withhold documents, prevent witness testimony, disregard duly authorized subpoenas or continue obstructing the House of Representatives. Mm So there's no, this is an impeachment resolution, as much as here's the rules, but the fact that she's having a full House vote sort of carries with it implied impeachment resolution. Yeah. I like that she said this impeachment. Yeah. As if there there are others. (laughs) Already existing. This one 
Maybe we'll have other ones in the future, depending on the success of this. <laughs> and that and that word probably carries a lot of weight with it. I wonder, yeah. Because it kind of defines the difference between whether they're now starting an impeachment resolution. No, she's indicating it's already going on. Mm-hmm. Here's the new rules. Right. And I feel like she's kind of having her cake and eating it, too, in a real kind of cool, clever political way. Yeah. By not saying impeachment resolution starts now. Impeachment starts now. We're voting to start impeachment now. Yeah. Uh, instead, saying... This is regarding the current impeachment investigation that's happening. Here's the new rules for the public facing shit. And I'm doing it in the full house. So that sort of implies. Yeah. Without directly saying. Yes. The reporting that I heard today on NPR said that it's going to go through rules committee first Mm -hmm. and then it's going to a full house vote. So I don't know if that makes it, you know, if that's indicative of it being any which way if it goes to rules committee first versus going to judiciary committee first whereas like maybe rules is more of a procedural kind of document versus something else but yeah but either way it sounds good to me it also sounds like it lays the groundwork for the hearings to become public right yeah that's they're going to talk about the rules Mm -hmm. for public hearings um they're specifically saying 45 minutes on each side by either one member or a lawyer um, so I think that they're trying to limit that five minutes a piece crap, yeah. which I love. The Republicans won't get a lawyer because no lawyer, I imagine, would ever like sign on to their line of questioning. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> Just, mm. maybe that lady from the Kavanaugh hearings would do it. Yeah, seriously. Um, so it says there will be public hearings, uh, at, which takes away another, you know, Trump's talking point. Um, they will release the transcripts of all the closed door depositions. Nice. I'm sure they'll be scrubbed. That have already happened or that will happen moving forward? That have already happened. Damn. Yeah. So we'll get to read it all. Yes. And we'll get to see what questions the Republicans asked. So that takes another argument away that the Republicans have been blocked from all this or that, you know, we're only cherry pick release, cherry picking, releasing what's good for the Dems and not, you know, what's good for the Republicans. Like like if they didn't have anything, they wouldn't mm-hmm. leak it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Exactly. It's like it, nothing has come out that's compelling whatsoever. It's for their bad case. for them or they would be leaking like a sieve. But then Jim Jordan is going on TV and so when he's getting interviewed by. um. Oh, crap. What's his name? Manu. What's his last name? Manu Raju? Yes. He he got like a quick Jim Jordan question in, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he was like, this is why it can't be closed door hearings because no one knows what's happening and this is unfair. And it's like, dude, you don't want that. Well, now we're going to get the entire transcript yep. um, of all the depositions from behind closed doors. I'm sure they'll be scrubbed for classified information. If there is any, there just doesn't seem to be, which is why the call shouldn't have been put in that, you know, NSC, you know, super counterintelligence environment, communications environment. Um, for super top secret classified, highly classified shit because it's not classified. This is not. This is withholding military. It's bribery and extortion. Uh, And I've heard several times from uh, multiple former and current uh, federal prosecutors that were this anyone else, there's an easy line prosecutor uh, charging for bribery here in this case. Um, And they'll also be able to request... Oh, so this also broadens the role of the minority. Um, the, the Republicans aren't going to have to ask for it. They're giving it to them. They'll be able to request witnesses. They'll be able to request documents. But there's a catch. And I love this catch. The GOP only has those rights in consultation with the chair of the committee. And if there's any disagreement, it will go to a full committee vote, which Republicans would lose. Fuck yeah. So they have veto power. Welcome to elections, baby. Mm, elections have consequences, bitch. Yes, they do. And uh, they're going to complain about it and say, yeah. <laughs> No bitch shaming unless you're a Republican bitch. I'm I'm reclaiming that word. Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) For me. 
uh, but it, it will go to a full committee vote and then, you know, they'll lose. So it it does expand the rights of Trump's right to defend himself too. he and his lawyers can present their case and can respond to evidence. He can attend hearings, including executive session, and he can object to testimonies and cross-examine witnesses. So that'll all happen publicly, too. That's how confident the Democrats are. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're not even going to. Yeah. We're going to let you do what you want to do. Right. And make fools of yourselves. Mm-hmm. And cross-examination is a huge point that Republicans have been harping on is that how unfair it is and how unprecedented it is. They've been denied this due process and no cross-examination. So here you go. Floor's open to make a fool of yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Yeah. And so and they, I don't even think they have to do this in these impeachment hearings because this is considered the grand jury investigation part of it. Uh, that should be saved for trial when it goes to the Senate, cross-examination and calling witnesses and all that other shit. They're doing it. They're letting them have it. They're just, basically, this is Pelosi just take just taking every single argument they've had away from them. Right. Uh, and doing it with a full House vote. And this also must be an indication that they are so incredibly confident that it's going to pass in the House, or else they would probably wouldn't even give them the chance. Yeah, some douchebag today, some Republican asshole was like, oh, I don't think she has the votes. I don't think she has the votes. And and uh, the the interviewer was like, uh, whenever has Nancy Pelosi not had the vote? <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's the freaking vote master, dude. Vote master general. Good Nancy luck. Pelosi. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Um, the very first line of the resolution directs the committees to continue their investigations, continue their investigations as to whether sufficient grounds exist to bring to bear the constitutional authority of impeachment. So that sort of feels like an impeachment resolution, but it acknowledges that this is the same investigation they've been doing um, ever since probably... They started filing requests for like the grand jury materials under uh, Article One authority, uh, but all six committees are included in this. So I think I just think that's very interesting, and we'll, we'll talk about the scope of the impeachment inquiry changing quite a bit, at least in some new court filings right after this. Hello, dog parents. Uh, if you're like me. Uh, We will go to great lengths for the health and happiness of our doggos. And we love when you share your photos with us uh, at Daily Beans Pod. So please continue to share your doggo photos with us. But of all the things we do for the health, happiness, and longevity of our dogs, Embark is the most important. An Embark breed and health DNA test is the key to knowing exactly what you need to provide your dog with the best care. From breed traits to genetic risk factors, uh, for example, I have a breed that can have hip problems, uh, Embark provides the resources to help you and your veterinarian best tailor care for your dog's specific lifestyle and health needs. We got our kit in the mail. It was so easy to swab Olive. That's my doggo's name. And Embark sends us updates about where they are in the process. The whole thing has been really just customer-centered um, and customer-focused. It's very easy to use. I'm mostly excited to know where Olive's dog family comes from and also uh, if she's at risk for any genetic health conditions. The Embark Dog DNA Kit is the most comprehensive kit on the market, looking at over 250 breeds and screening for over 170 genetic health conditions to help us develop the optimal care plan with her and her vet. Uh, I trust Embark. They're the number one rated dog DNA test by customers, and it was developed by PhDs and veterinarians, and it's the only canine relative finder on the market. So you can see if dog has brothers and sisters. Uh, Embark has an exclusive holiday offer you cannot get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save. You'll be glad you did. Okay, so the filing I was mentioning before the break, there's a new filing in the Mueller Grand Jury Materials case. Uh, A little background here. The judiciary filed for 
the Mueller grand jury materials under Article 1 impeachment powers on July 27th. We were live in Chicago that night. I'll never forget it. We had such a good time with Renato Mariotti talking about this uh, lawsuit. I personally popped champagne that night because that's when I think the impeachment inquiry began. Um, But then the judge ruled last week to hand over the materials by October 30th. Judge Beryl Howell. She's like, yep, got to hand them over by October 30th. Uh, Your argument sucks. Uh, Trump. And then the Department of Justice appealed and filed a motion on the same day to stay the material production, arguing that the impeachment isn't about Mueller. It's about Ukraine. So the House doesn't need these documents for impeachment and they certainly don't need them fast. Well, the House has filed a response and it's really interesting because there, this new filing by prosecutors shows that Pelosi and the House Dems agree that Mueller the Mueller materials are part of the impeachment investigation. This is the first time since Ukraine scandal blew open that the House is affirming that the Mueller grand jury materials are a crucial part of the ongoing impeachment inquiry. So it says, quote, as the Speaker and the undersigned counsel have confirmed, the committee's investigation is part of the House impeachment inquiry. And although, I, you know, I, I just said, and I think I was getting this from uh, one of the media news articles I read, that this is the first time, I actually remember in the original filing, um, and in another response to the DOJ's, uh, well, when they originally filed the lawsuit, the DOJ filed, uh, you know. The judiciary. When they originally filed a lawsuit? Yeah. When mm-hmm. the judiciary initially, the House Dems in the judiciary filed the lawsuit, the DOJ objected. In, and then um, the House Dems responded to that objection. They said in that response that that this is part of the broader mm-hmm. impeachment inquiry. And I remember in the hearing when they said that, the judge asked, uh, you know, the House counsel, I think it was Doug Letter. I thought this was just Ukraine. He's like, nope. And is Pelosi, they said, asked if Pelosi was in agreement with that. He says, yep, yep. She signed off on all this. And so now it's appearing again. So I think this is the second time we've actually heard this. Um, I could be wrong, but that's just my memory was jogged as I read that line and felt like it wasn't true. So uh, let me know if, if I'm if I'm wrong. But <clears throat> although um, the Department of Justice again argues, it's this, I'm, ba- I'm back to reading uh, the, from the, from the actual filing as the dog barks. Yeah, pod dog has beef. (laughs) (laughs) Or doesn't, and she's mad. Pod dog sees beef. Mm, Probably, or cat. (laughs) Pod dog sees pod cat. Meow beef. (laughs) (laughs) Meow meat. So here, let me just back up a little bit so I can get this uh, read to you properly. It says, as the speaker and the undersigned counsel have confirmed, the committee's investigation is part of the House's impeachment inquiry. Although the Department of Justice again argues based solely on a Washington Post article that the Judiciary Committee's inquiry into these issues is secondary to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence Ukraine inquiry, the Department of Justice motion from Monday at 6, that connection lacks merit for all the reasons stated above. So that was the argument that the House Dems, or the, yeah, the judiciary uh, put to their filing, the Department of Justice's filing. And then breaking, Tuesday afternoon, this just broke. Um, the D.C. Circuit Court has paused Judge Beryl Howell's order until November 5th. Now, they say in the order, this is not granting the stay. It's having the circuit court have a couple of extra days to consider the stay that because DOJ mm-hmm. wants them to stay mm-hmm. for appeal. This is, quote, the purpose of this administrative stay, administrative stay, is to give the court sufficient opportunity to consider the emergency motion for stay pending appeal and should not be construed in any way as a ruling on the merits of the motion. So it's an emergency stay in anticipation of an emergent or an argument for an emergency <laughs> stay. Yeah, it's an administrative stay so they can have a minute to read the emergency motion. And that's what we went over yesterday, those four things that they were trying to prove 
that, you know, irreparable harm and, and all that. It doesn't do harm to the judiciary. And like I've pretty, we tore apart every argument, but I felt like maybe they would issue the stay anyway, grant the stay anyway. Well, these three judges have come back to say, we need until November 5th, the, oddly the first day of Roger Stone's trial, to really read your bullshit uh, mm-hmm. filing and, <laughs> and consider it. Um, the appellees have until November 1st to file responses to the motion and replies are due November 5th. That's when uh, they're going to, I think, do something, move on this. Also, uh, I I didn't see any reporting on this, but I noticed there were three judges named uh, on this. And this is the appeals court that made this administrative stay judgment. And so I'm assuming these three judges are the ones that are going to hear the appeal. And they are Cornelia Pillard, Patricia Millett, and Judge Robert Wilkins. All three of them are Obama appointees. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I get it. I'm getting a lot of tweets like, judges don't matter. It, it, no Obama judges, no Clinton judges, no Bush judges. No, it's These are judges. Yes, I agree. I agree with that sentiment. The problem is when you get a Trump judge in there. Yeah. They're not. If it were anybody else, like yeah. Judge Leon, who's hearing the other case that we talk about. Right. He's a GW appointee. Uh, everybody, the only one judge in all of these like five or six appeals court cases were Trump. The only judge that dissented was Judge Rao. And that was a Trump appointee. And that she still lost the case. And even in her dissent, she said these materials are appropriate for impeachment. So, yeah. Trump appointees in general, I would say, are just an entirely different subject than Bush appointees. Any of them. Yeah. We're going to like have to start counting our years as like AT after Trump. Yeah. Everything, yeah. everything just changes after that. And it's all I, different. I never cared who appointed judges until Kavanaugh. Trump started appointing <laughs> judges. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's the only time I've ever cared. Mm-hmm. I've trusted, had full faith in the judiciary. In no matter who appointed him, Carter, Reagan, G.W., uh, Papa Bush. What's his name? Poppy Bush? Yeah, Poppy Bush. Yeah, well, it's because like all the other Republicans, I mean, let's say they see this pierced hole of justice that they're like, eh, conceivably, I guess I could shove my way in there with some picks that are going to benefit me and all of my cronies. But I'm just going to let that that glimmer of light go on, whereas Trump is like a fucking moth. That season, <laughs> and he flocks to it and pries it open and shoves his fucking gross ass inside with uh, all of his appointees. Ew. Or he just hits the window over and over again. Yeah, also that. But and that. Both. Yeah, if you hit it enough times, you'll you'll get through the hole. <laughs> Said the sperm. Said the sperm. Is that a whole thing? No, it just makes us okay. I mean, it's really just like, that is what sperm do, is just knock into the as hard as they can. Ding dong. And that is evidence why why men get so much shit for being dullheaded. <laughs> and it's just such a great representation of what it's like to identify as a female versus a man. It's like that gif where a lady's just sitting there and a bunch of hot dogs fly in her face. Right, yeah. You know? Like men are going like knock knock but with their head. Or you do that when you're cuddling. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> you know? Just f- blunt force trauma over Dude, and over again. Just making just their way through life, poking at ladies. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> like, not all men. Not all men. <laughs> and also, but sometimes I like it. Yeah. I mean, you can't help it if on a fundamental level, <laughs> even as a sperm, you're, you're, dun, dun, your one point of entry was dun, just brute force. Bump, <laughs> just, bing. I want now. I want to see now. I want to see that you know <laughs> the egg with the sperms trying to get into it with like little dink bonk 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 bink noises. Yeah, and the sperm that's self-aware enough to know like 
Maybe they're not taking the bait and just swims off. <laughs> or he's like just real lives nice. Out like its life in the uterus. So the uterus, the, where are they? I don't asks know. the egg out to dinner. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe has some nice conversation first. Yes. <laughs> yeah, knock knock. Here's a rose. <laughs> Hello. So sex and, education on Militia Road. There you go. Now you know. Or Daily Beans. Yeah, sorry. So sorry. I like the alliteration of these judges too. Pillard, Millet, and Wilkins. Pillard, Millet, Wilkins. Nice. I thank him. Uh, and speaking to the other judge, the judge in the Kupperman case, that's the one the GW appointee named Leon uh, has fast tracked the fuck out of this hearing. So basically, Kupperman is number two deputy to Bolton, and he was supposed to testify Monday, but didn't show up. And, and Schiff was like that, you know, you could be in contempt. And he was he was upset about that. And I was like, ah, but this might be kind of a cool thing, but maybe not, because he filed a lawsuit, uh, not against anyone. He just petitioned the court to tell him, you tell me, I've got three branches of government. One's telling me one thing, one's telling me another thing. I need a tiebreaker uh, because Congress has subpoenaed me. Uh, the executive, Trump, White House, is telling me I can't testify. So judicial branch, give me the third, um, give me your opinion. Mm -hmm. And so... According to this court order that Judge Leon released today, and as I said, he's the GW judge presiding over the case, has ordered the arguments to be heard this Thursday, citing time is of the of the essence in this case. And this is the kind of fast track that an impeachment inquiry can give Mm -hmm. uh, to, Mm -hmm. to one of these cases. Yeah. Um, there seems to be some confusion about an appeals process dragging this out uh, on, on social media. Kupperman is not suing anyone, like I said. He's just petitioning the court to order him to either you know listen to Congress or listen to the White House. So once there's a decision, he likely wouldn't appeal his own case. He would just take the decision and go home and mm-hmm. say and, and decide, you know, and do what he was what the judge told him to do. But two things. The White House can file an injunction as an interested party and appeal that all the way up to SCOTUS if they don't like the decision. Or maybe this is a delay play. And if the judge rules in favor of Congress, maybe Kupperman would appeal his own shit and send his own shit up to SCOTUS, um, you know, asking for stays on the subpoena all the way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because him and Bolton share a lawyer. And while Bolton hates Trump, I doubt he would love to testify. Mm-hmm. And I don't know which is which here. And I also don't know if you ha- don't have a defendant, if you can appeal your own decision. <laughs> yeah. um, but certainly if there was some sort of, uh, you know, an agreement between the White House, Kupperman and Bolton, they would say, all right, you file a lawsuit mm-hmm. and then we'll file an injunction <clears throat> and then we'll be able to take this to the delay, delay, delay. Yeah. What is Bolton up to right now? I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking, I wonder, like, what interests he's still possibly beholden to, you know? If he's like going the the, um, let's see. Well, I'm sure he wants to continue in oh, some good. first article. He has nothing to lose. Four hours ago. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, and and I don't know. Maybe he doesn't see it that way. Maybe if he wants to get into a future Republican administration, um, hopefully of which there are zero, he <laughs> forever, forever for the, the good run Republicans. <laughs> you're done. Yeah, uh, he would have to, you know, take this more cautiously. Um, But either way, I think this argument is moot because in that Mueller grand jury materials filing, the House made clear that Mueller and the Mueller stuff is very much a part of this impeachment inquiry. And that is in the appeals process and could take to early 2020 unless, of course, 
this Thursday vote pushes it faster. And that gives more time for this Kupperman question to be resolved. And therefore, hence the Bolton question to be resolved. Although, also with a resolution vote, like I said, on Thursday, all of these appeals could be fast-tracked, like, like strap Acme rockets to them. Not to mention, the resolution vote takes care of the, this isn't a real impeachment argument. Mm -hmm. It's only an impeachment if it comes from the impeachment region of France. Though it might not resolve the constitutional blanket immunity isn't real argument. Um, Because, I mean, if they, you know, if they say... You know, go, you know, the court tells him to testify. He can then testify. But if the if Trump files an injunction to, you know, to rehear the question on constitutional blanket immunity, then that's going to have to go up through the courts. But any appeals relying on that immunity would also be put on speed skates with the full House vote that comes this week. So the Dems are just systematically disabling all of Trump's defenses um, for his obstructive behavior. That's that's what like, just every single thing. Yeah. And it's very meticulous and methodical. Yeah. It's definitely going to take the wind out of their sails. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because since everything has been procedural, all of their criticisms are procedural. If you get those all laid out and agreed upon, then you don't really have shit to say anymore. And the only thing they're going to be bitching about, sorry to use the word bitch, mm. in conjunction with Republicans, not reclaiming the word that way, um, <laughs> but... But the only thing they're going to be able to say is just they're they're going to have to go back to the same narrative that freaking Nunes championed and started largely, and that's all they have. Yeah, their 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 last argument on the hill is this is not an impeachable offense. Mm-hmm. And then if you get the Mueller grand jury material in there and it proves that Trump lied, that takes that argument away. Yeah, because that's what Clinton was impeached for. Right. Or questioning. I wish that they could put in the rules that you're not allowed to attack the people that are coming in and answering questions for being part of the deep state. I <laughs> wish that that was able like that they could pass that as a rule because that's that's like truly the only argument that they have against this stuff. It's so cut and dry. It's so obviously not OK. Yeah, and I'm going to read the rules more closely. There might be something in there about, you know, you don't get the five minutes apiece thing, and there might be rules for each side when questioning a witness that, right. you know, you can't pontificate right. and say what your theories are. Yes. Or, or you can't say that they're a double agent for, like, another country, someone that's that's a fucking purple heart. Right, because then you'll get to that whole, like, courtroom scene where the the stoop, the dickhead lawyer is like, are you a double agent? And they say, objection, uh, sustained, uh, withdraw the question, and yeah. then, like, walk away. Right. Like, it, it, but, like, doing it for the American people. Yeah. Uh, instead of a jury. So, because we are the jury in this in these particular hearings. Yeah. Because as soon as that, that, as soon as that needle hits 60% that want him impeached and removed... That, I think, is when the Republicans are going to start falling. Yeah. In in the Senate. Mm -hmm. Also, is it really witness intimidation if you're the least powerful person in the room? (laughs) (laughs) Like Matt Gaetz? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, be like a little pipsqueak mouse, like, (laughs) you better listen to me. Okay. Just kick them to the side. Just putting your hand on the head while they're swinging and can't reach you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, uh, today, the Daily Beast is reporting that uh, Derek Harvey, top aide to Devin Nunes, has been providing GOP politicians and journalists with information and disinformation on the identity of the anonymous whistleblower. Apparently, he has provided notes identifying the whistleblower by name ahead of the depositions to Trump of Trump appointees and civil servants. And that is a crime. That is against the Whistleblower Protection Act. That should may have a criminal referral attached to it immediately. 
Here's the interesting part buried in the lead. Harvey has said uh, he's well, sorry. Harvey has also spread a false story alleging that the whistleblower contacted a Democratic staffer in the House um, ahead of filing the complaint, which in GOP circles is that whole conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. where the whistleblower was in cahoots with Schiff. That is a made up story by a Nunes operative. Mm -hmm. Not a surprise. Desinformatia. There you go. Uh, And they learned well. And a new poll from Grinnell College shows 81% of United States adults say that it's not okay for political candidates in the U.S. to ask for assistance from a foreign government uh, to help with an election. 81%. The numbers were remarkably consistent across ages, demographic groups, education levels, income, and party lines. More than 80% of self-identifying Republicans, evangelicals, and rural dwellers say it's not okay. (laughs) Rural dwellers. Rural jurors. (laughs) Oh, I do the other? What were the other categories? Republicans, evangelicals, and rural dwellers. What? <laughs> That's such a random... Rural dwellers. Rural dwellers. That's such a funny way to reference someone. That's the... I think it's the sequel to Rural Juror. Mm-hmm. Um, they say it's not okay. I don't know what that is, by the way. The Rural Juror? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you is. never saw 30 Rock? Oh, nope. <laughs> I mean, yes. I've seen <laughs> oh, a couple of... Oh, no. I, I'm aware of it, and I've seen a few episodes, and I really need to watch all of it, but... Yep. Rural Juror. Okay, got it. It's a character? It's a movie that Jenna was in. Ah. And, and she kept saying, uh, you should see my movie, Roger. And everyone's like, I don't know what the name of it is. <laughs> and there's just this great song. with. That's funny. Uh, I'll read you the lyrics at some point. That's good. They're all like unintelligible. Yeah. Lyrics. Just, just slurring Roger. together. We're, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the, 80% of those folk say not okay to ask for foreign assistance in your election this helps explain the gop tactic of attacking the process and not the substance of the inquiry they must know this mm-hmm. uh, on the republican side mm-hmm. and these numbers do not bode well for trump once public hearings begin and i don't know why they i don't know what the gambit is yet for attacking the process of doing things behind closed doors and demanding things be public knowing that they would probably be public mm-hmm. I don't understand the gambit there because then what? Then, right. then they're just going to say it's not impeachable. That's the only thing I can think. That's the only place they have left to go. Isn't yeah, it? right. It definitely seems like it's forcing them to take steps backwards or it's a bluff that maybe they didn't think was going to be called for, for quite some time or something. Especially since 80% of like right wing Americans think it's not OK yeah. to do that. Yeah. Well, you just have to. Whether it's impeachable or not is a different question. Right. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say you have to, I mean, I guess insert insert country here for how they're going to feel about it, right? And and based on if that country is someone that they're, they've grown comfortable with, based on their Fuhrer and, China, and China, his, China, yeah, exactly. China, China, my China, China. <laughs> my China? Is that what you said? Yeah, he said he, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think it was Maddo did a great, <laughs> did a great montage of 800 times he said China. Roger, my China. <laughs> it's all just it is sludging together and nonsense i do have some more polling data but this time on the 2020 election new hampshire because they're one of the first Mm -hmm. primary states and we have some really interesting polling data coming out from the new hampshire poll and we'll cover that right after this quick message 
On average, a burglary happens once every 23 seconds in America, and 83% of burglars have admitted that they specifically look to see if there's an alarm system in the house. Yet somehow, only one in five homes have a home security system. But it's no wonder, with the complex contracts, hidden fees, not to mention false alarms and monitoring costs can be really high. But those concerns are all a thing of the past, and that's why I use Simply Safe. They are the best, hands down. First, there's no contract, no hidden fees, and no fine print, and I love that. Uh, I always feel like they're trying to, you know, trick me when they have like fine print and hidden fees and stuff. This feels like totally straightforward and customer focused. It's really cost effective. You get around the clock monitoring 24 7, 365 for $15 a month. That's it. And when you add up your renter's insurance and homeowner's insurance savings, it's a really amazing deal. Uh, but one thing that truly makes Simply Safe stand out is their video verification technology. With other home security systems, a lot of the time police assume it's a false alarm and your call goes to the bottom of the list. But not with Simply Safe. Using their video verification technology, they're able to visually confirm that a break-in is actually happening in real time, and that technology allows police to get to the scene three and a half times faster than other home security companies. And for our listeners, Simply Safe has a huge deal going on right now. Go to simplysafe.com/dailybeans and get free shipping and a money-back guarantee. That's simply safe, S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash daily beans today. Simply safe dot com slash daily beans. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. The Irma Lerman Merman murder turned the bird's word lurid. The word and the purr of the twirler girl, she would whirl the demur. The insurer's allure for valor were pure. Carry were one feared whirl over her turgid air, rural juror. I will never forget you. <laughs> ah, that's beautiful you should hear her sing it that's amazing look that up when you get a chance that's so funny uh all right well i tell you what let's get social hashtag trending today hashtag matt gates is a tool nice (laughs) i always go do the search and see what pops up it is trending hard today if you jump on twitter and search that hashtag you'll find a million reasons why gates is a tool Gates even tweeted a gif of a shirtless man wielding a sledgehammer, a shirtless hot man wielding a sledgehammer, saying, I kind of like it, which is weird to me, but that's cool, man. That's your thing. I don't like that. I <laughs> I don't like him taking his mockery into his own hands. I know, I know. Like, just here, have a milkshake. Yeah. Uh, whether you call him the real life quagmire or a human frat paddle, for a good time, check out hashtag Matt Gates as a tool. <laughs> someone, someone said a really, Hal Sparks, uh, he's great. He had a he had a tweet that was like, "You can't call Matt Gates a tool because a tool is useful." Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then someone also made a very morbid Matt Damon reference, something about like Matt Gates looks like if Matt Damon drowned. It's <laughs> 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 really brutal. It's very brutal. I thought that one guy from the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, and Breaking Bad. I thought he looked like kind of a doughy Damon, but yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I got that. I think. John Oliver called him the real life quagmire. Yeah. Because he's got that weird face, that yeah. jaw. Giggity. Giggity. And then, and also just how he is. Uh, and it was the pod save folks, somebody at Crooked Media. Um, the frat paddle? Yeah. Yeah. Human frat paddle. Human frat paddle. Brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Brilliant. Uh, uh, fuck my gates. I know. <laughs> All right. So the CNN poll conducted by the University of New Hampshire uh, of the New Hampshire primary finds Bernie Sanders in the lead with 21%, Elizabeth Warren at 18%. Biden at 15%, Buttigieg at 10 Tulsi, Amy, Klobuchar, and Yang are at 5 um, Sorry, what poll is that? This is uh, University of New Hampshire, of the New Hampshire primary. Okay. So, uh, Sanders 21, Warren 18, Biden 15, Buttigieg 10, and then Gabbard, Klobuchar, Yang at 5. Okay. 
Uh, this poll is good news for Sanders, while it's mixed to bad news for Biden and Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, there remains no clear runaway leader. In yeah. The, in the granite state, they call it. Yeah, it is interesting how the last debate, I think, had an effect on Warren because she was kind of a clear front runner going into that debate. And then, you know, everyone came after her. They came after her super hard. And whether or not you think that that attack or those attacks were successful or not, the fact that they existed, I think, just has a certain kind of negative impact that you can't really deny. And it was Judge that came after her super hard, and he's in fourth place in this poll. Yeah. So they do make a difference, yeah. even though they're like the most ridiculous debates ever because there's 900 people on stage. Mm-hmm. They do make a difference. Uh, on the Republican side, Donald Trump leads the primary with 86% of the vote. Um, here are a few takeaways from the poll. The 21% Sanders uh, now commands is the weakest since the at least 1972 for a New Hampshire primary poll leader at this point. 21 is the lowest for the leader. When will society just take this as, like, a sign that we need a multi-party system? I don't know. But whatever. I know now it's not the time for that conversation. We we can't even talk about it until we get Republicans out. No, it's cool. I mean, we can talk about it. It's just, like, the number one thing. Get the Republicans out. Yeah, totally. Or at least ranked choice voting. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think uh, an argument for uh, a parliamentary system kind of goes against the Constitution's idea of not having, not being like the monarchy. So that would be a harder sell than like ranked choice voting. But yeah, it's just cyclical reasoning, though, because it's like you're trying to escape lack of representation by instituting a lack of representation. Yeah. And there were only like 10 people here back then. So this is true. (laughs) I can't hold them accountable for for many of the things. Bob, who do you want? All right, Jim, you. Except slavery. You can hold them accountable for that. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, and murder of indigenous people and yeah, a lot of really bad things, colonialization, horribleness. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Twenty three percent. Only twenty three. Per- only twenty three percent of Democratic voters say they have definitely made up their mind, which matches what we've seen in Iowa and is considerably lower than what national polling indicates. Buttigieg has the best favorable to unfavorable rating of any of the candidates. Sanders leads Warren on who is most trusted on the issues Democratic voters consider to be the most important health care and climate change while Warren's unfavorable ratings have climbed since July. Wait, sorry. Unfavorable ratings have climbed? Yes. What does that mean? More people don't like her. Okay, cool. I thought so. (laughs) I I just just had to Uh, clarify. Less people like her? No, more people don't like her. That's a nice way to bring bad news to someone. Yeah. Well, your shit stain points have increased. (laughs) (laughs) Good news. Your uneven tit score is way up. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. <laughs> You're, You're becoming more repulsive by the minute. You've done it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Impeaching and removing Trump from office is a minority position among all Granite staters at 42%. Um, 51% are against it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just real quick before we head out this week's schedule. Uh, includes Kupperman. It, well, Kupperman was on Monday, who didn't show up because he filed that lawsuit, uh, though I said Schiff is considering contempt. Tuesday was Vindman, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, and we'll go over that more when we get more information. Wednesday is the Acting Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security, Catherine Wheelbarger. Barger. Wheelbarger. Nice. It's a good name. It is. I like it. It's like it. Wahlburgers. Yes. Or Hamburgers. Uh, there's also special advisor for Ukraine, Catherine Croft, and former special advisor to Volker, Christopher Anderson. We also have the deadline for the Mueller grand jury materials Wednesday, but we just went over that. They're doing that little temporary stay until the 5th. And we're waiting to hear if Judge Beryl Howell will grant Trump's motion for a stay. 
Uh, but I don't think she's doing it. The appellate court is doing it. And so we'll know that by November 5th, I think. Then on thir- I, That's what it says in the schedule. I don't know if they push it back again is why I say that, I think. Then on Thursday, Halloween, we have Tim Morrison's deposition. Uh, he's another guy who was on the call and mentioned 15 times in Bill Taylor's opening statement. I become stressed as a pumpkin. <laughs> That'd be great. Everyone <laughs> wear your costumes to the deposition. And then there's the or House, <laughs> and then there's the House Judiciary v. Don McGahn motion hearing. Um, so this is uh, in the courts now. There's you know House Judiciary uh-huh. against Don McGahn, and they have a motion hearing at 2 p.m. on Halloween. And Friday, November 1st, is George Nader's motion hearing in the Eastern District of Virginia. All right. So I I have been putting him on my fantasy yep. indictment league for superseding indictments. So far, nothing. It'll come. I think so. All right, that's our show. Any final thoughts? Um, have a, it's one day early, but have a safe Halloween. Yes. And we'll say it again tomorrow just in case. We will. Yeah. In case you forget. Yeah. Are you, what are you doing for Halloween? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a costume. No, me neither. Yeah. I usually always do, but yeah. like I've been I so I used to really busy. enjoy costumes, but... Now they just seem contrived. I saw a really great costume. It's somebody took a bunch of pink, you know, the kind of balloons you make balloon animals with? Uh-huh. Pink ones, blew them up, stuck them to themselves, and they were a sea anemone. And they, <laughs> and they put a little Nemo on there. Oh, that's adorable. I thought that was a great costume. Um, A local comic, I don't know if they're comfortable with me using their name on the air, so I won't. I don't know if they'll care. Anyway, they were Pierre Delecto at a party. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Which is what? Just like Mitt Romney with a Phantom of the Opera mask on? Just like, yeah, just a super like French looking person, you know? Didn't we talk about wouldn't it be great if you were the Phantom of Politicon? Ooh, the Phantom of Politicon? Because didn't, oh, didn't Jill Wine-Banks like have a cloak? Oh, she did. And so we were like, I want a cloak. She had a cloak at dinner. Yes, she had an amazing cloak. And she had so many appearances. So we were saying it'd be fantastic if she announced and renounced yeah <laughs> so you just get you just get a you get a cloak and like a half a guy fox mask and yeah. just be, become the f- yeah just be just be fucking extra <laughs> everywhere you go just be fucking extra i'm going to the bathroom <laughs> you always have to do the cape swoop the cloak swoop excuse me yeah that'd be great and also you're traveling with blankets so you can like crash anywhere if you're like at a party that's oh, great a cloak is a a the portable cloak is blanket. A blanket. It's a wearable blanket. It's the premise for a sluggy. It's just a cloak with holes. <laughs> More holes. True. Because a cape Better is Better placed holes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. stitches. Snitches. And cloaks. And cloaks. Phantom of Politicon. I think it's great. Somebody should do that next year. Because, I mean, we always see the Ben Franklin, people in tri-corner hats. You see the Abe Lincoln. You see the yeah. stovepipe hats walking around. Yes, I was uh, when I was 16. Me and all my friends went as tea baggers um, because the tea party at the time was calling themselves like tea baggers, you know. And of course, our which six, was so funny. Yeah, our 16 year old brains thought that that was hilarious. As if I wouldn't think that was just as my, funny now. My 36 four year old brain thought <laughs> yeah. that was hilarious. Yes, and uh, and so we had we had we went to Goodwill because sadly there's just like a lot of propaganda there we buy all these t-shirts with like american flags and all of this just crazy sounding shit and we get cowboy hats and uh we hung tea bags in front of our face like just like dangling you know i thought you were gonna go as giant balls oh no 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 yeah we just we just put a 
we, we, we kept it more on the political side, I guess, just with the tea bags as accessories. And then we had signs that read like, it's not my fault, you're poor. And like all, all of these like oh, super so you're playing tea bad parties. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we were, we were being super, super salty. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, we were super salty. Huh. Well, dude, Tea Party Republicans are fucking insane. And also, this was back during the times of Sharon Angle. Yes. Which... Yes. And this happened. I went to a... Uh, I live... I was in Arizona visiting my mom up then, like, between northern Arizona, between Flagstaff and Phoenix, there's this place called Munns Park. Very rural. Rural juror. And they have a little 4th of July parade. It's cute. Kids are in it. Baton twirling, etc. And we're up there in the cabins in the woods, you know, hot tub, wine, mm-hmm. hanging out, being, being liberals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, let's go for the July parade. They had a float, which was a flatbed truck with people dressed as tea party, the tea party. Uh-huh. The thing is, is they were wearing red coats. Huh. They were dressed as the <laughs> British. <laughs> <laughs> And so I just said to him, like, you know, you're oh, dressed. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, you're dressed as the red coats, right? Yeah. Like, the don't fire to see the white of your eyes guys, the ones that Paul Revere was warning against. Yeah. You know, you're the bad guy. And they're like, like that's what your outfit is. And he's like, well, I, these are just historical outfits. You, you don't even know. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I do know. That's what I'm saying. This is <laughs> so. Uh, this is just perfect. You yeah. are so perfect yeah, right just now. Keep, just keep doing it. Just, <laughs> just float on. you do you uh because this there's i there's no better way to explain a tea party yeah that's that's incredible um we got a lot of tweets about our halifax discussion yesterday actually the halifax explosion yes yeah someone someone sent me a podcast that they said uh it's a group of three comics also i think that cover um events in history and let's see what they said they said that um yeah i think i remember seeing that tweet yes oh you're right it was a tweet not a message and somebody was like uh i i'm i'm really impressed with how fast you transitioned from a little house on the prairie to the halifax (laughs) explosion yes exactly so thank you for for informing us because truly that is a gap in knowledge that we all collectively had i think and that amanda had to fill us in on so yeah that was nice thank you i love learning yes and uh, all right, well, that's it. That's the show. So uh, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.